This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Praise the Lord. How are you doing, Dr. Hansen? Good. How are you, Shannon? Hey, I'm excited to be with you tonight. Everybody, it is an honor to be here once again with Dr. Jonathan Hansen of World Ministries International in Stanwood, Washington. Check them out on the web tonight during this program, worldministries.org. My friend, over to you. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you, Shannon. I want to welcome all of you that are tuned in to Omega Man Radio. Uh, Welcome. This is being simulcasted. It's also, like I said, Omega Man Radio syndicated. Shannon Davis. Warning television program, welcome. Radio shortwave, all those on our Social media platforms, welcome. Today I'm going to teach on is self-defense justified for a Christian? Is self-defense justified for a Christian? Many Christians are very confused over a believer's responsibility in the areas of self-defense. A righteous war, justifiable homicide, legal execution, etc., When the church does not understand a Christian's rights and responsibilities in these areas, they become needless victims. Many Christians become pacifists, fail to become the protector of their home and nation. In these cases, the believers are not persecuted for righteousness' sake, but instead for ignorance. What does the Bible say about retaliation or vengeance? Matthew 5, 38 through 42. You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other one also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks. Do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. These verses... So many people take way out of context because of their ignorance of the word of God that they become pacifists. That is not what these verses are saying to justify pacism. Note, the Reverend Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a Lutheran pastor, author, theologian, and anti-Nazi dissident, knew his responsibilities as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. He was a spy against the Nazis in World War II which was a just war, involved in the assassination attempt against Adolf Hitler. Yet, when he was captured, he became the perfect Christ-like example 
of what Jesus was saying when under the control of dictators, like the Roman couriers mentioned above with Bonhoeffer in a German prison. He fought the enemies of the church when he was free, as that was his obligation, instructed to all of us in the scriptures, yet when captured, he then again, as in a commandment by God, loved his enemies instead of continuing to fight them. Just before Bonhoeffer was executed, his German guards were so impressed by his love that they offered to help him escape, but he refused, fearing the guards and their families would be retaliated against by the Nazis, so he freely gave up his life, which is an example of God's love, and died without fear. Now, I hope you caught that already. People read Matthew 5, 38 through 42. They think the Lord is telling them not to defend themselves. Jesus is not saying that at all. Instead, he is saying not to retaliate as far as vengeance. Romans 12, 14. It is also saying do more than what is required to be kind and generous. Matthew 18, 15 through 22, as well as Matthew 5, 38 through 44 is actually in reference to the king's courier's authority to force others into service for the king's business. To refuse would have been an unpardonable offense to the king. Matthew 27, 32. Now, I hope you caught that. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, don't resist evil. This is referring to the king's courier. They were under the Romans. You had no choice unless you wanted to be executed on the spot. So Jesus is saying, hey, come on, do it with the right spirit, with the right love. If they want you to go one mile, go two. If they want your shirt, give them your coat. This has nothing to do when you're free. Romans 12, 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. 1 Peter 3, 9. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. And said, pay them back with a blessing. So you're not supposed to pay back this Roman courier that every, had every right to do what he did. They were under Roman control. So you don't try to pay him back with evil or insult him. That is what God has called you to do to bless those enemies. And he will grant you his blessing. Proverbs 24, 29. And don't say, now I can pay them back for what they've done to me, I'll get even with them. The meaning is so very clear. If someone is a bad, rude, evil, foul-mouthed person, doesn't mean we have to be the same bad, evil, foul-mouthed jerk, if I can paraphrase it. We should always exhibit the demeanor of Christ as far as the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Again, this certainly does not mean we cannot defend ourselves or our families or arrest this person for a crime. I've told my wife when she's driving the car, if you have a foul-mouthed person that gets mad at you behind you and honks and screams, just ignore him. Don't shake your fist, get mad back. Just be polite and move on. That's what this is saying. But instead, you have some Christians that act the same way as they act. Well, that's a shame that you are so arrogant with your pride that you have to lose your temper and get right mad back at them. Again, if somebody is bad, rude, evil, foul-mouthed, doesn't mean we have to be that way. But many Christians are. What does the scripture say about self-defense? Exodus 22, 2 through 3. If a thief is caught breaking in at night 
and is struck a fatal blow, the defender is not guilty of bloodshed. But if it happens after sunrise, the defender is guilty of bloodshed. Now, these verses certainly advocate self-defense. Okay, you're not under Roman control now. You're under freedom, and you catch a thief at night, and you kill him in the house. When a burglary is taking place in your home at night, and you shoot the intruder, killing him, then that is considered self-defense, because you could not see to discern whether the person was going to try to harm, rape, or kill you. I've told my wife, if somebody breaks down our door, pull the trigger right into his chest. But when it is daylight, then you can discern much better if the person was just a thief wanting to steal some of your possessions or he was an attacker. These verses also explain the difference between justifiable homicide in which the defendant can righteously use legal force to defend himself, his family, and the prevention of a crime. It also explains that it is not legitimate to kill someone just trying to steal your property. Property is not worth a life. In the United States, our civil laws come from the Bible, where it is clear not all crimes are worthy of death. I hope we made ourselves clear so far. Remember when Jesus was dragging the cross and he fell, and the courier, the guards, made Timon pick him up, pick up the cross? He had to. He had no choice. They're under Roman jurisdiction. That was an order. So you better do it with the right attitude. But this has nothing to do with self-defense. Again, I gave an earlier example. Dietrich Bonhoeffer resisted German's tyranny, resisted Adolf Hitler, resisted Nazism as a Lutheran pastor, resisted it, including in the assassination attempt of Hitler. Yet when he was caught, he showed nothing but a Christ-like spirit to his prison guards right to his death. So much they were willing to let him escape but he refused and went to his death willingly. He wasn't afraid to die because he knew he had eternal life. Do you see the difference here? Bonhoeffer fought when it was his legal responsibility as a Christian to defend life, liberty, and country, family. But once he was caught, then he exhibited the characteristics of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm sure he exhibited in war too. When I was on the sheriff's department, I arrested people. I took them to prison on the way. I tried to lead them to Jesus. Now, if I wasn't a Christian on the way, I wouldn't be trying to lead him to Christian, to Jesus. I'd probably be saying a few choice words. You know, dirtbag, scumbag, let me rearrange your face. Just give me a reason. Now, I might have said that if I wasn't a Christian. Luke eleven twenty one. When a strong man fully armed guards his own house, his possessions are safe. Isaiah 49, 24. Who could snatch the plunder of war from the hands of a warrior who can demand that a tyrant let his captives go. We're just reading what the Bible says. Obviously, boy, this is self-defense. Nehemiah 4, 13 through 14. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed area, armed guards. I stationed the people to stand guard by families armed with swords, spears, and bows. Then I looked over the situation. I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Now, this was not the place that said, turn the other cheek. It said, fight, defend your sons, your daughters, your families, your homes, your wives. 
Self-defense is warranted for an unlawful arrest. Matthew 26, 51 through 54. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Put away your sword, Jesus told him. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. Now, why did he say that? Because they were greatly overwhelmed. He had no chance at freeing Jesus. Don't you realize I could ask my father for a thousand angels to protect us and he would send them instantly? But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describes what must happen now? See, Jesus did not come to defend himself. He came to die. He came to offer himself up. He didn't want nobody protecting him, saving his life. Hey, put away your swords, guys. Obviously, the disciples were armed. Matthew 26, 55 through 56. In that hour, Jesus said to the multitudes, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I sat daily with you, teaching in the temple. You did not seize me. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Luke twenty-two forty-nine through 53. And the disciples, seeing what was going to happen, cried, Lord, shall we use our swords? You know, this is plural. And the disciples, shall we use our swords? And one of them did slash at the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus retorted, that will do. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then he spoke to the chief priest, temple officers and elders who were there to arrest him. So you have come out with your swords and staves as if I were a bandit. Day after day, I was with you in the temple. You never laid a finger on me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness is yours. Okay, the point I'm making again, Jesus' disciples had weapons. They weren't pacifists. They were ready to fight right there. John 8, 10 through 12. Then Simon Peter drew out a sword and slashed off the right ear of the high priest. Slave. And Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back into your sheath. Shall I not drink from the cup of suffering the father has given me? So the soldiers, their commanding officer and the temple guards arrested Jesus and tied him up. Note, obviously, even Jesus' disciples had weapons for self-defense. Only here, Jesus came to die for the sins of the world. He did not want to be saved. I mean, if he wanted to be saved, he would have never went to Jerusalem. It was prophesied what would happen to him there, and he knew it. He went there to die, to take your sin and my sin, so we could have eternal life. Here they had the right to employ their swords in defense of an unlawful arrest. But Jesus offered himself up as a sacrifice for our sins, so we might be justified before God and have eternal life. We're facing tyranny. There might be unlawful arrest. It won't be the time to turn the other cheek unless you're a fool or unless the odds are overwhelming and you feel the Holy Spirit says, don't. You must be led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them, put away your weapons. That's like being led by the Holy Spirit at the moment. Jesus, the Holy Spirit. I'm ascending. Go tarry. So I'm with you, the Holy Spirit. Jesus did not want anyone protecting him. And he knew his disciples were completely outnumbered. And if they resisted, they would have been killed, died needlessly. He did not want them to die then. He wanted them to become the 12 apostles. Are you with me? There's a time to live, a time to die, a time to fight. That's what Ecclesiastes says. A time for all things. A time to kiss. <laughs> Esther 8, 11 through 12. 
The king's decree gave the Jews in every city authority to unite to defend their lives. The king's decree. They were allowed to kill, slaughter, and annihilate anyone of any nationality or province who might attack them or their children and wives and take the property of their enemies. The day chosen for this event throughout all of Providence when the king was March 7 of the next year. Here, Queen Esther's people, the Jews, were given authority to defend their lives. God wasn't coming out of heaven to defend their lives. They had to fight. We must understand our responsibility. People are taking their responsibility out of context and not doing their responsibility. In December, I have three articles coming out, part one, two, and three, binding and loosing. Some people are trying to bind Satan. You're wasting your time. He's a prince of this world. You're not going to bind him. God will bind him at the right time. Throw him into the bottomless pit and throw him into the lake of fire. You won't. You're supposed to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ and make disciples of the nations. Some people waste their time trying to bind the principalities. You're not going to bind the principalities in America unless you have a national revival. That's repentance. But you can bite, bind demons in your own home, in your own life. Do you understand? Under your church, there's a proper authority and jurisdiction to bind and loose. I hope I'm getting my point clear. We are going way out of context and we, as a church, are totally dysfunctional. We don't know how to fight. We don't know the word of God. We don't know our responsibility. And we waste our time. Nehemiah 4, 16 through 18. But from then on, only half my men worked, while the other half stood guard with spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. That's armor. The leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah. So here, there was so much trouble but half the people worked, half the people stood, stood guard with weapons. Weapons. When I'm preaching in churches, I tell them, hey, you better have people all through this church that know self-defense with weapons on. Did you hear what I said? I guarantee you, if you come to my ministry, uh, we know our responsibilities. I guarantee you, we know how to shoot. The leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah, who were behind the wall. The laborers carried out their work with one hand supporting their load, one hand holding a weapon. Now that sounds like self-defense to me. I don't see no pacifism here. They weren't pacifist. All the builders had a sword belted to their side. The trumpeters stayed with me to sound the alarm. What did Jesus say about buying weapons? Luke 22, 35 through 37. Then Jesus asked them, when I sent you out to preach the good news and you did not have money, a traveler's bag, an extra pair of sandals, did you need anything? No, they replied. But now he said, take your money in a traveler's bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak, buy one. Wow. It's like Jesus telling you to buy a 38, a 44, a 357, an AF-15, M-16. For the time has come for this prophecy about me to be fulfilled. He was counted among the rebels. Yes, everything written about me by the prophets will come true. Luke twenty-two thirty-eight through 39. Lord, Lord, they replied, have we two swords among us? That's enough, he said. Then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. What is God's view on protecting yourself and your family? Well, I just read a little bit of it. 
Psalm 82.4, rescue the poor and helpless. Deliver them from the grasp of evil people. How about your family? Is your wife poor and helpless? Your children? I guess some, some people would say, yes, my wife is poor and helpless. Others would say, no, she's big and strong. <laughs> but needless to say, whether she's big and strong or little and helpless, she should know how to shoot. I taught my first wife how before she went to be with the Lord, and my second wife knows how. Proverbs 24, 11, rescues those who are unjustly sentenced to die. Save them as they stagger to their death. Rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to die. Wow. People like to take Romans 13 out of context. Oh, just, just follow Hitler. Just follow any government. That's not what it says, boys. It says all authority, all government is under a higher authority. That's God. And if that government disobeys the laws of God, we hold it accountable. Even if it's civil revolution. I think it's time we understood the word of God. 1 Timothy 5.8 But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own house, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. You better protect your wife, your children. Yet I know some people are so stupid they have watched their wives be raped not understanding the word of God. And it's just stupidity. Not understanding the word of God. Not understanding a Roman courier that has the authority to make you carry his backpack, take off your shirt, walk a mile. And Jesus said, do more for him and do it with a smile. If you're in prison, hey, show him the Christ-like nature. See if you can convert the prison guards to Jesus Christ like Paul did. But that has nothing to do with the same love to defend your family. It's the same love, the same obedience to God. Legal execution, justifiable homicide. Let's look at it a little bit. Exodus 21, 16. Kidnappers must be put to death, whether they are caught in possession of their victims or already sold them as slaves. Deuteronomy 24, 7. If anyone kidnaps a fellow Israelite and treats him as a slave or sells him, the kidnapper must die. In this way, you will purge the evil from among you. You know, child sex trafficking is huge. You know, if they had instant death for these perpetrators, I think that would stop. Deuteronomy 5.17, you shall not murder. Now read the scriptures above and below where the legal execution of criminals convicted of a capital crime was authorized. If convicted of a capital crime, it was authorized to execute. That's not murder. That's legal execution. Murder is when you have no legal right. They've done nothing wrong and you kill them any way like Cain did. Deuteronomy 17, 1 through 7. Do not sacrifice to the Lord your God an ox or a sheep that has any defect or flaw in it, for that would be detestable to him. If a man or woman living among you in one of the towns the Lord gives you is found doing evil in the eyes of the Lord your God in violation of his covenant and contrary to my commandment has worshipped other gods, bowing down to them or to the sun or the moon or the stars in the sky, and this has been brought to your attention, then you must investigate it thoroughly. If it is true, it has been proved that this detestable thing has been done in Israel. Take the man or woman who has done this evil deed to your city gate and stone that person to death. God believed in legal execution. Why do you think there's going to be a separation of heaven and hell? For this very reason. 
worshiping the wrong God, serving Satan, hurting innocent people through demonic religions. On the testimony of two or three witnesses, a person is to be put to death, but no one is to be put to death on the testimony of only one witness. The hands of the witnesses must be the first in putting that person to death. And then the hands of all the people. You must purge the evil from among you. Leviticus 24, 16 through 17. Anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord is to be put to death. Wow. Woo. We would lose a lot of Congress. Probably starting with Nancy Pelosi. Joe Biden, light up. Obama, Clinton, you're next. The entire assembly must stone them. Whether foreigner or native born, whether they blaspheme the name, they are to be put to death. Anyone who takes the life of human being is to be put to death. You know, we have blasphemers all through Congress. And you wonder what's wrong with America? No fear of God, making their own laws to, to, in, to hurt the innocent, putting tyranny on America, pushing us into the new world order. I think uh, self-defense is justified. I think something more is justified. Pretty soon you might see a righteous civil war if evil keeps pushing. This is Jonathan Hansen. Tune in again tomorrow as I continue on Self-Defense Part 2. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.